Hey, friendly reminder, this podcast is not for kids or people who have a stick up their ass. Friday, 5.58 p.m. I'm sleeping with my best friend's husband. I think my uncle killed someone in I his think suicide. I am I a sugar baby. Mom addicted to Adderall. I think I my sister is my actually my uncle's kid. My What's your secret? Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Secret. My name is Ace Fanning, and today we are taking a super sharp left turn. For the past few weeks, the podcast has been pretty emotional, and I decided that this week I wanted to bring things up a bit and hopefully make you laugh. It's definitely more of a quirky story, but also super interesting. But before we move on to that interview, I wanted to take a second to tell you about another interview coming out later this week on Patreon. Back in May, I interviewed a woman about her search for the baby she put up for adoption, and now you can hear the story from the other perspective. And I think it's pretty amazing to hear the complete story. And yes, you will probably cry like I did. So sign up for Patreon using the link in the show notes and look for that episode later this week. (sighs) Okay, here we go. This week's secret. (laughs) The dildo... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the dildo. <laughs> oh. The dildo farm. Tell me about yourself and the type of person that I would meet if I were to just meet you at a party. Actually, when it comes to party situations, I'm kind of shy, you know, kind of lived a sheltered life, uh, not extremely sheltered. My family, you know, traveled around at a young age, but very um, like conservative and religious. I have lived in a small town now for about 18 years. On and off, I do travel just to go out west. I I love the west more than anything. But for me at a party, you know, pretty quiet. I am a lesbian, so I usually tend to be around other people who, you know, come from that same background. Um, So what I do on that perspective is not, you know, so edgy, but pretty much just a quiet person, bashful sometimes. Um, I've learned to be a little more outspoken just um, over the years, you know, older age, confidence, you know, people wanted to like learn who I was. I've been a barista for actually almost 11 years now. And that's something kind of on and off. The beautiful thing about a small town is if I leave, they're always happy to like have me back. Like, oh my goodness, you've been gone for so long. And so that's actually how I got started into doing what I do. I am a barista and I'm 
try to make friends with everybody. I am a very friendly person just because I am shy, but it just takes me a moment to warm up to you. What is it like being a lesbian in a very small farming community? You know, um, early on, I mean, I, I graduated in 09 and in 09, there was still no girls can bring girls to dances to prom. Now that has actually been paved away a little bit better and you can. But for me, being in the small town, honestly, I live you know, 40 minutes from a major, major city. So that was my outlet. Like I would go to the city for, for comfort zone. You know, there have been comments made here and there, you know, some <laughs> redneck yelling out the window just because, you know, he's driving his big truck, uh, has a point to prove. But um, for the most part, like I, it's safe, it's a safe small town. I've never felt threatened, but I have learned to kind of just be more reserved about being outspoken about being gay, but it's not a secret. Like that is definitely not my secret of this town. The coffee shop has been a very, a great experience for me. That's where I learned from small town adults that they were willing to accept like who I was. Like there's still a small community in the small community that was okay with me being around. Do you feel like you fit in with your town? I do. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I love um, like country, bluegrass music. I don't have problems with even with people who disagree with me. So, you know, if that's your opinion, then that's okay. Like, let's just coexist together. Like, you know, how can I help you today? You know, I just like anybody else, you know, hold open the doors for people. There's kind of like this, I was raised in a like military Southern style. So these nice things that people do, like helping a lady change her tire on the side of the road type of thing. I, I'm not going to be in your face about anything. I'm excited for people to hear what your secret actually is. And, and I don't think it's necessarily, it's not a secret that you are ashamed of by any standards. I think it's more so a secret that really just doesn't fit in with where you're from. So I'm excited for people to hear it, but before we go into it, I want to know how did the coffee shop lead to the place that you are currently in now? So we do get people from all walks of life at the coffee house. It's kind of like a little diverse hub. So me being a barista and people coming in every single day, they would strike up conversations. This one guy walks in and um, we small talk and kind of got to know each other and he was looking for a place for to move his business into the town because he kind of lived on the outskirts was working like on a farm area you know kind of a smaller building but he needed to grow and so at that point i said you know what kind of business do you do and he kind of he kind of played it off like oh i do like 3d printing and you know, he showed me a couple little knickknacks that you can 3D print. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he was like, okay, I've gotten to know you. And then he was like, and you know, I know you're gay. So I'm going to share this with you. And he scrolled on the phone and there was a very phallic looking object on his phone. And he was like, we actually make dildos. And I said, I love it. I'm down. <laughs> you're my new best friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so after that, we just kind of we just kind of became friends. Like I actually ended up helping him find some some property to rent, and we ended up like hanging out. Like I like the people that he worked with and like his friends and. You know, he they're a little bit older than I am, so I kind of looked up to them in a way. So we just kind of had this cool bond friendship of, I'm your barista, now I know your dirty secret, show me your world. How did he officially, like, bring you into this world? So, of course, me being curious um, and befriending him, he said, hey, do you want to come into the shop sometime and, and see up close, like, what we do? And I'm game, I'm on, let's go. So I walk in and let me tell you what, it is Willy Wonka of the dildo world. There is just like from <laughs> from floor to ceiling, just different shapes, sizes. And at first I'm like, these look a little odd because there is a, a shell on the outside, like holding, you know, the, the products. So I'm like, this is like weird, but like, show me your, like what, you've created and so they got to find ways to make you laugh so of course instantly they go for like one of our biggest toys which is like six pounds and pretty girthy it's actually a horse dildo (laughs) (laughs) yes giant what you would imagine a horse penis looking like like down to the t the natural marking on it a horse I'm holding this thing and it's flopping around and like of course and this is everybody's reaction when they first like see this I'm like where does that fit like how does that fit like I know for like myself like this is not gonna ever happen uh so I just I really got to to know more about their toys and and it's more than just horse cocks like there is so much creativity, but we'll get into that here in a minute. I don't want to skip ahead too far, but I do have to know, like the horse dildo, is that a item that is purchased or is that more of something that you guys have, but no one ever really buys? Um, Actually, that's, you know, a, a big seller for us. We, we have, I mean, <laughs> no, you no. I mean, do you want to ship that thing to Taiwan? We will. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is our our categories, we have variety. So it's not just horse, like we have like a monster buck, you know, we have other animals. Because you guys aren't just making dildos, you have a you have a specialty market that you make dildos for, correct? Yes, we do. We actually, our main clients are people who are of the furry community. In the furry community, I don't know if you want me to get into the exact detail of, of who or what that is right now, but absolutely, uh, <laughs> I do. I want to hear. Absolutely, I'm so intrigued by furries. Yes, I know the uh, the pup play. I, I remember hearing on one of your episodes, uh, so that kind of like brought forth into the light. Like, oh my gosh, like pup play. Like people now know a little bit about that, but this is still like different. The furry community. I guess I'll, I'll start off by saying I didn't really, to be honest, know much about it upon meeting my group of friends. Kind of, they kind of showed me the light. At first, my initial thought was this is the CSI episode where they're having this giant fur suit orgy, like you know, just instantly that goes to like my mind because you know this is the sexual side of furries, and a lot of people will be like. 
oh, is this bestiality? You know, is this like people who also sleep with animals? I'm going to be honest, like my first thought was, oh, wow, that, that's it's a little racy because you're thinking about animals and you have their penises that you want to put inside of you. But it's not necessarily the case with the whole furry community. Furries, um, it's a fandom. It is people who like the art of animals who have human-like characteristics. So they will create what they call a fursona. And the fursona is just like, you know, they create their name, you know, what kind of character you can have, any kind of character that you can think of of an animal. People like to wear, you know, hats or like dress up in like gear. Um, my viewpoint for, for furries, my first encounter with a large group of furries, we were actually going to a convention. And a convention is where we will sell our products face to face with our customers. So going into this, I had you know no idea what to expect. Like again, all I've really known is kind of more the like sexual side because my friends like make dildos. So going to a convention, that was a completely different eye-opening for what an actual furry perceives to be. The community itself and the conventions are actually family friendly. It's all ages. You think about like a comic con. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, though. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I hear that snicker. Um, there is an 18 and up adult section of every convention. Not every convention, but the bigger ones. So actually to be able to get into the section where we sell dildos, you have to show your ID, prove that you're 18 and up. There's like security standing there making sure that kids aren't sneaking in to, to look at all these different kinks that are here. But the furry community, it's a very open community, all walks of life. I really gained a respect going for the first time to a con. My understanding of furries was, to me, it almost seemed more like it came out of the world of, like, cartoon. Kind of like people who are into, like, the anime kind of porn. Like, I didn't necessarily relate it directly to animals, as weird as that might sound so i never made the connection to like bestiality but i will say that talking to you and knowing that there are dildos out there to replicate actual animal penises it does spark some questions in my mind but before this i always just assumed it was like it, it was more from the cartoon aspect and then i thought everyone just used their regular dicks i didn't realize there were extensions Yes. Um, no, I mean, a good example for somebody who I'm talking to for the first time, I'm like, think of, of Robin Hood. You know, he's got his little green hat and he's he's a character that is an animal dressed and acts like a human. So pretty much D Disney's OG of a, a furry starter kit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because I always dress up as Robin for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, you know, the Robin Hood, like the fox in it, you know, there's a certain like gain of this is cutesy. There's a whole like cutesy side of it. I will admit it is. It's very amazing to like walk into a giant hotel full of just, 
wolves walking around and cats and birds and these fursuits is like a mascot meeting. That's at first my mind went to mascot. But no, the other community itself is very art based. Like that's what they're all about. It's just like, how can I create these characters and bring them to life? And so they want to bring them to life and be a community. Have you ever, I'm not going to ask if you've ever, well, no, I am. I'm nosy. But have you ever been in an experience or near an experience where people were having sex as furries? Actually, no. No, I have not. Just like every kind of community out there, there's the more like deviant side of the community, as people would call it deviant. There are known parties that you can attend to when you go to these cons. And if you know people, they're like, hey, or, you know, this room is like the good room. But surface wise, no, like nobody's ever like made a proposition to me. Um, Again, the whole con altogether is not sexualized it's just my area that is besides the dildos who else is behind the 18 and up section like what else are furries playing with there is bondage uh people who like to also wear leather there's a lot of leather making companies out there who not necessarily just for furries it's you know for everybody but they do make them kind of larger for fursuits one booth recently that has joined the adult and up is kind of the like child play of it so like adult diapers i know you're familiar with that but other toy companies like we have a lot of we have competitors out there there's a lot of you know the bigger competitors that are more well known and then there's you know people who are just starting off and they come to us and they're like hey and they like share ideas but again everybody kind of has their own style there's also some some scandalous art that comes along with that too so adult section for kids to not have to see that out in the actual con. It's laid out just like a normal comic con would be if you've ever attended a comic con, but there's the 18 section. I've never and probably never will be in attendance of a comic con. So like, I don't necessarily even know what people do at them. Like what is happening in the not 18 and up section? They have game rooms like you know video games like trying vr for the first time Um, you can create your own D D groups they have people in the community who are more famous so just like a normal comic con there are panels and the figure is up on stage and they ask questions and um there's um raves like let me tell you what and the thing is is like the raves are also all ages it has been clean fun as a community, like going and observing a rave, let me tell you, furries know how to party. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. But uh, you walk around and there's booths. There's just, there's so many booths of art, books, uh, people selling like plushy animals, or if you want to purchase your own fursuit, like people make paws. There's the full body fursuits which are, you know, thousands of dollars. But then there are people who maybe necessarily can't afford to do that. So they have like what they call like a a partial. So they'll have like the paws, the gloves, and then maybe like a head and then a tail, but wear normal human clothes because they just don't have a full fursuit. So you can get these items 
at the con. So it's it's real easy access. Um, you know, trading art community. There's like a, a whole art section that you can go and visit. It's just kind of sectioned off of like vendor selling, art, you know, fun things to do sections. So when you say that it's family friendly, are you saying that there are like families, like two parents, two kids, and they are all dressed up as furry animals? That can definitely be seen. Um, a lot of times it's, you know, kids who wear their little cat ears and have like little whiskers painted on and like their parents are walking around with them. Like I've seen babies to people who are in their 80s be there. I'm just trying to fully understand this. These people who are coming, like if your mom and dad brought you to FurryCon, is the assumption that mom and dad do furry sex play or is there a whole other aspect of people just liking to dress up like i feel like for me my mind instantly goes to furries are having furry sex <laughs> yes that's yeah that, and, and again that's what that was my first thought but instantly to like the csi like i don't know if you've seen that but it's just like it's a an orgy of furry people in their full fursuits but no uh walking around you see people not even in fursuits like it's not completely i think a lot of it has to do with just we like the way this group of you know people in their fursanas are i guess more what so what i'm curious about is how would somebody who is into furries and not having sex as furries like what are they getting out of the furry community because i just imagine that if you're a furry, if you go to furry con, that at some point in your life, you are having sex as a furry. Yes, that's probably common. Um, I guess I would say if you like going to like a comic con and you really want to see, you know, Spider-Man and you really want to see these characters of all different kinds and you're seeing them walk around and it's almost like, oh, like they're really here, but you know, it's not actually because it's, it's a fictional character for these people going who necessarily don't dress up. I mean, there are people who even go who are not furries. For me, I guess my first realization of how amazing the subculture can actually be, I saw this woman who was in a full fursuit and I saw her take off one of her her gloves, like one of her sleeves, and I saw that she was actually missing a limb. And then I kind of saw how she carried herself without having that part of her fursuit on, or I've seen her, you know, without having it on. But when she puts that on, it's like an instant change. Like, I guess it might be one of the best communities for people who are, are kind of socially awkward, you know, they bloom. It is very light and fun. Like the fur, it's it's cutesy. It is. It's kind of anime-like. You know, they've got these big eyeballs, like the Care Bear stare, which can kind of be creepy too sometimes. But for the most part, it's just cute. It's not every day you see a, a husky walking on two legs. That's actually pretty damn deep. Like I, I didn't expect that, and I, I would not have thought about it in that way of like wearing this costume is what allows you to maybe escape from yourself or not even necessarily escape but it lights a fire under your ass to express yourself more freely yes 
Yes, um, I actually have I've thought about it. I was like, maybe, you know, people who aren't necessarily happy with the way they look, they put on that fursuit and it's hug central. Like, come hug me, like hug me. Like everybody's like super friendly, like come here, you know, it's, and again, it's like, there is the sexualized part of, and, and they walk around. You can, you, I mean, you, you pretty much know, you know, certain do's and don'ts are how people look who might be kind of like a dirty furry. <laughs> but for the, <laughs> for the most part, you know that it's an open and inviting community who is accepting of everybody. Yes, that was something that I, when going to this con, um, they actually have a, a pretty high gay population there. Um, they have different panels for, you know, LGBTQ community. There are people that are called like transfers. And like, I mean, that was one of the first place before, like where I could see several trans people all in one place, you know, coming from a small rural town and, and seeing the different walks of life. And people from all over the world come to these conventions. So I guess why I wanted to kind of pre-brief before I got into the more sexual side of it is kind of paint a picture that not all furry is sexual. It just so happens that I am, <laughs> I'm the culprit of being on the more sexual side of furries. Yeah. I like that. I think that that's good perspective because for me, I think about furries, I instantly just think furry sex. <laughs> yes. But yeah. since we have you here, I do think that it is important that we do jump into furry sex because that is the whole realm that I think everyone would love to hear about. I'm curious about what do these dildos look like? What kinds of dildos do you have? All of it. I, I want to know all of it. <laughs> All right. Well, we have uh, several different categories. We have the animal, we have fantasy, we have high fantasy, um, we have a robotics line also. So the Is animal the robotics okay. line, like the robot that you can literally have sex with. No, no, it's oh, okay. a. So our all of our dildos are made from just pure silicone, completely you know safe for your body. Actually stepping into this world was I learned a lot. I actually threw out some of my own personal toys because certain plastics in them, which are not safe for your body and pure silicone is acceptable. I have learned and uh, you know, I won't turn back now, now that I know that's out there. So our, I'll start with our robotics. You think of like a transformer and what kind of transformer colors you really like of that character that's a transformer. Um, one of Stop. our things. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Funny dicks that look like like Bumblebee. Is that his name? Like Bumblebee <laughs> yeah. Dick. Yes. Yes. So something people love about our company is they can send in picture requests to kind of get color based off of what they like, um, whether they have a fursona or not. I mean, there have been people, somebody sent in a request for a Radiohead album cover color coordination for one of their dildos. So we have robots, you know, iron, we have, it's like Iron Man penis, you know, it's so creative. Um, we have actually an artist who creates a lot of our toys line. She does like the art for it. And then we make that possible. So we have the animals that covers, you know, a, a lot of ground. We have like reptile-like penises, um, again, the horse, knotted toys, kind of like, like a dog penis. And then fantasy, which is 
across the board in fantasy and high fantasy, we have people who like D&D characters. Like we have a whole nerdy line for you. If you want to be fucked by an orc, have at it. Like we've got this ugly, bumpy looking penis that looks like something off of Lord of the Rings. Okay, going back to the like transformer like penis. If I were to look at it, does it look like because I, I don't know, I'm not the creative director here, but when I think of like a robot penis, I think of like like squared off instead of like, I mean, my penis has more like round parts to it. I imagine a robotic penis to have like a square head to it or something. Uh, I, there is some square, I, I guess it's kind of hard to explain unless you see it, but there's, there's the shaft. I mean, like for our robotics, we don't really have any that have like ball sack to it it's just strictly the shaft of it it's not necessarily the shape it's like the detail work on the outside of it there's like certain bumps and styles a certain way um, certain lines the way the lines run down it so it has a lot to do not only with like the shape of it but like the roundness of it and the detail i guess a lot of our toys are detailed but we i mean we have some we have some that you know is short stumpy thick i mean i call it dildo baggins (laughs) i guess it's a more squared off dildo would be hard to insert yes what is the number one item that you guys sell that's a that's tough i would say that a lot of our, our a lot of our horse toys do sell just because that's not easy to come by. I have so many questions about this horse thing. <laughs> do you know what people are doing with it once it comes? Like can they really shove that thing in one of their openings? <laughs> yes, uh, that was something that the owner um, when when I first met him explained to me. He said, you know, cuz I was like this is not this girthy it's too big like not even i cannot and so he explained to me that a lot of our toys aren't necessarily even made for a female anatomy he explained to me the way the prostate works apparently you can stretch it and move it to however you want in general in the sex world there is what is called a size queen And those are people who can take the biggest, I mean, you can just Google for days big things for people to shove. But it is possible for women to also use these bigger toys. Me personally, I cannot. It is more rare. But for the most part, I was actually kind of shocked to learn that a lot of our clientele are actually male. People are shoving a horse thing up their asshole. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, and it's safe for everybody. There's not an actual horse involved, and there's you know no harm. It is soft, and yes, there are people out there. You can find this. You can open your curiosity on your Google search. Oh my God! Can you imagine if you ordered a? How long is a horse dildo? Like, what kind of? What, how big is this package that it's coming in? Uh, we we go for uh, how big is the package? Um, uh, we <laughs> a uh, we actually can do the life size of what a a horse penis is, and then we, because of our technology with the 3D printer, we can also scale it down sizes, which is 
something coming along, me being a female employee here, and we have another female employee, you know, we voiced our opinion, like, hey, like, this doesn't work for everybody. Like, we need to start, you know, hitting a bigger crowd here and taking the size down a little bit. So the technology of the 3D printer has helped us a lot. We can, you know, sculpt it using the system for the 3D printer and then downsize it. So make it smaller, smaller, smaller. Can you imagine if you are somebody who steals packages off of people's front doorsteps and you go to steal a package that you think is going to be something real great and you get home and it is a four foot horse cock? <laughs> there's, there's been a mishap or two for, for sure. There has been, <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know. There's also something that people like to do is they'll, order the toy for somebody else like their partner like they might be like overseas or you know they this is somebody they've met online and they're like this is going to be delivered to like this specific address but um yeah there have been some mishaps here and there but for the most part i enjoy if you open up somebody else's dildo i'm going to be real nosy have you experimented with any of the dildos that you create I have, yes. I, uh, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't dabbled in in the animal-like penises. That's not not really my style. But I have explored some of our our fantasy items. I do like the shape of a lot of our toys. <laughs> I do like the robotic side of it too. But my favorite part of it is I can create whatever color I want to. So I have the free will to make it glow in the dark for myself. I can make it UV react if I want to. I can create any color. I had to take a color test just to see how well I can match color when I first started this job. I absolutely love it. I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> I do. I have a couple of our toys. I haven't explored all of them and you know, we have new ones coming out and that's kind of something that goes along with working this job is we have new products, but limited source of friends to test out. So in a very non-weird way, he'll be like, would you like to take our new product home and see and like give feedback? So I also get that side of it too. Sometimes I'm like, mm, no, we'll just, <laughs> this is not for me. But for the most part, I have taken on a couple ones and like, hey, freebie. Why not? <laughs> One of my favorite things, and this is a really fucked up thing, but I love to go on Amazon and just read people's reviews of different like sexual items that you can purchase, like whether it's dildos or crotchless panties or whatever it is. Like I just love to read what people have to say about using them. And I feel like I would love to just sit and read the feedback that you guys get on these very different dildos not like the none of the regular ones like the horse dildo and dildo baggins all that good stuff yeah there's definitely a whole world out there and there's there's actually been some scandalous controversy even um attending some of the cons sometimes there's been like you know we don't really appreciate you painting you know this fandom in this light like you're making it sound like it's okay to have sex with animals so there's kind of like that like it's a very scandalous topic to begin with like again when i first heard about it i was like oof like 
man, a horse penis, that's a no-no for sure. Currently, I am scrolling through a website and there is a unicorn dildo. I know a lot of people are into unicorns right now. Pony. Oh, wow. A stallion. This one is literally the length of someone's full arm. <laughs> yes, there. I mean, there. you might be looking at some of our products and there are other companies out there that do the same thing, but it is a wide creative spectrum there. I don't know how I just, I just kept scrolling and I came across, I came oh. across a review and like I said, it's just, it is the best thing ever. I actually want to read this to you really quick. Please, dear God, if your kids are around, don't let them keep listening. But it says, my cunt fisting husband, my husband three times the week for 30 years already. For the prelude, we had always taken dildos. It started 10 years ago and my husband had to take and a hypertensives. He got more and more erection problems. Then we took the lead, bigger dildo, and my husband penetrated me with dildos. I had several orgasms in a row. It was the hottest fuck I ever had. My husband has no erection problems now, but we continue with the dildo fucking anyway. I keep reading that the size does not matter, but I'm on a filled cunt with seven centimeters by 30 which is 12 inches. I come and blow his tail, by the way. Now we have switched to the stallion dildos. It is even hotter. My pussy has grown quite large. Had 30 years, no cock in the pussy. But last vacation, I was allowed to fuck with a BBC. We have been cuckolding for one year. Fuck with my husband dildo. Fuck now with several BBC at the same time. Gang bang. Is there any experience from you? How amazing. <laughs> Is it that like this gets to be a part of like, oh, you, like I imagine the team meetings at your job and everyone's like, oh, huddle around. We got a new review. So this lady <laughs> up to 12 inches like. <laughs> yes. No, uh, no. I mean, some of our customers uh, send us like personal feedback and they're like, wow. Like like one person once said once upon a time that. Um, no man has ever been able to please me the way that this toy pleases me. And sometimes they'll get dirty about it. And sometimes it'll be like super sweet. Like you guys are great. And like, you've made this like easier for me, but it definitely can get raunchy and people asking questions when you're working face to face with them too. Like that was a learning curve for me. I'm already volunteered. Like I don't need to be paid. But the next convention that you go to, I would love to just be like a stock boy or run and get everyone coffee. Like I want to be there. I want to be on the first line and just seeing what all of this. I don't think I could be a salesman because I think that I would laugh a lot. But I do think that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that at some point I want to be there for. Well, you're always welcome to join. I know there's some out on the on the West Coast. Um, we don't actually get to make it out to the West, unfortunately. It's pretty great. Like the response overall has been like super positive from people. Man, having conversations. Um, I, when I'm trying to be the salesperson face to face, tend to go towards people who are might be more relatable to me. I have a coworker who's just like, you know, ask me about my wieners and is like all in your face and is like, do you want to get fucked? Like that's that's one of the best things about this job is that it is it's inappropriate. Like there there is no HR where I work. Like we 
can say what we want to and our work goes around like the sexual world of it so pretty much we just dick around <laughs> literally <laughs> oh my god there's there's no hr here either i'm actually sleeping with my assistant but okay here's what i want to know you guys are based in a very small i want to say conservative town yes. and nobody knows that this is what's happening behind those closed doors right <laughs> right um for the most part, people do not know unless they're they're close to us. But we actually had an incident about two years ago. This is I had already started working for them at this point. So the building he went to the first time when we met, we were kind of uh, outgrowing it, which I like to joke around with him and say we're growers, not showers. <laughs> so we're looking for new buildings, and we come to an area where there's a church in the same vicinity of all these industrial buildings. And so my boss goes and speaks to the man who rents the spaces out. And he was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is something he normally doesn't do because I think that he is kind of afraid to admit what we do because it is scandalous. But I think he's become more comfortable with it now since like, you know, talking to me and like introducing and, you know, he's also met other people through me. I think that he decided to be full on honest about what we do. So he told this man, you know, confided in him and he said, okay, well, there's a board and I'll have to, you know, review it with the board. And before my boss could leave the premise, the man flags him down and he's already talked to this preacher that's next door to them and told them what we do. And the preacher was like, no, absolutely not. But he didn't give my boss the chance to explain. And my boss explained to the man who rents the buildings and the preacher has nothing to do with the renting of the building. He just rents from the same man of this space. And so my boss says, look, buckets of silicone come in and brown packages come out. We have been in the middle of the town for years and nobody has known who we are and what we do. Like we cover the windows, we make sure there's only just a handful of us working there. We're very quiet about it. But this preacher was not willing to hear it. He was like, you know, how dare them try to like put this next, like we have kids here, you know, like what if like a kid were to like come in there and you know, what if they didn't lock their doors or, you know, like what kind of people are they? And he just said no. So the man who rented the space didn't even take it to the board for that. I think what sucks about that is that I see it and I understand it, but at the same time, Nobody knows. It's not like, you know, you have dildos on your guys' front windows hanging off or anything like that. Like you're a business no. and it sounds like a successful business and a successful business that is, you know, helping to stimulate the economy where you guys are at. So that's a plus. And I could understand, like, I think if I drove by and there's a huge dick on the top of your guys' building and it says like, get dildos here or something. Yeah. but you guys are behind closed doors. Nobody knows what's happening. They can't just stroll in off the street and know exactly what it is you guys are doing. I don't think that it's an issue. 
No. And we've been respectful throughout this entirety. I mean, like I said, we were in the middle of town, you know, normal businesses, you know, lawyers left and right. Everybody could just walk past and we were we were discreet about it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm assuming that when packages go out, it's discreet packaging. Like they wouldn't know if someone picked up the package, they wouldn't know where it's from. But I imagine that the return address is your guys's company, correct? We actually do not put our company that you can find us on the internet. We actually use a different name just for the safety of our buyers. You know, they don't necessarily want somebody to see what they're purchasing. So we put an appropriate name on there and we actually, you know, use a post office box. So it can't be directly to us. It just goes to our post office. So it, we want that for our safety and we want that for our customer safety. And is the post office though, like it's in your town? <laughs> yes, the post office is in our town and you know, it's a small town. So I come up in there and they're like, hey, how you doing today? And they're like super friendly. And like, you know, sometimes I'm like, you have no idea. Like you have no idea what is in here. But recently I'm pretty sure the entire post office now knows because they do have an employee come and pick up packages for us at this point because we kind of moved further away from the end of the town. So they come and pick them up and they have actually stepped into our building before. So pretty sure the post office is like, mm, yes, we know there's some dick makers out there. <laughs> well, I was wondering if like, has anyone ever ordered your products and then was like, oh shit, this is based out of my town. And I wonder where this is. Like, do you think that there are people in your community or nearby who are buying from you guys without even knowing? There have been a couple of times where people were like, oh, shoot, like you're 20 or, you know, 40 minutes away from me. Could I come visit the shop? You know, I don't think anybody would ever like try to come to our town to find it but they're just a lot of times people will ask like hey can i can i swing by and we're like well we don't really know you thank you for buying our product and stuff but we're kind of a discreet business there's yeah. no building front a lot of people want to know if we have like a, a building front for it like can you just walk in like a sex toy store like you know you can browse but this is strict manufacturing of it I just imagine like being in your place and like putting the postage on the front of the box and being like, oh shit, this is a girl I went to high school with or <laughs> something along those lines and how awkward, but also amazing that feeling would be. Sometimes there's names there that you're like, is this a celebrity? <laughs> like, I wonder. No. <laughs> like, I, I see you. I wonder. But we've talked about it and we're like, probably for something this scandalous, they would actually put a fake name if they were a celebrity. But there's been a couple names where I'm like, mm, we'll see. Hmm. Shut up. <laughs> yes. Once you see that name, let's say a celebrity did order or that you see a celebrity's name have you ever then looked at that celebrity and thought oh shit i could see that <laughs> yes oh, oh my God. <laughs> there was one time where i was like okay like maybe you know i don't know not, not not necessarily i mean everybody looks so different when it comes to that like you know people like their kinks or whatever they want to do 
for me, I imagine like if Johnny Depp placed an order for a weird dildo, I don't think that would be all that shocking to me. <laughs> but there are certain people where I think for sure that would be an odd fit. <laughs> there was a former Disney Channel star name that came across, and I wasn't sure. Again, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is because you know they live in an area where you think a celebrity might live and you're like hmm oh my god you know what this is what pisses me off about everybody though you're not nosy enough i'm so nosy i would be looking that address up i would be looking to see if that address is at all connected to this celebrity like i would be on it i would be in it to it we need more nosy people doing these jobs because the problem is you guys are also you're just like yeah you know it is what it is i'm like no you gotta dig <laughs> you, you do you do need to dig i'm there's been a time or two where i'm like i'm gonna dig a little but again nothing can be confirmed and there is that respect of you know not wanting to go against the boss's wishes but i keep it to myself like i mean i'm telling you this anonymously now but <laughs> <laughs> I am curious sometimes. Oh my God, I love it. And I'll tell you something uh, real quick about internationally, how we have to go about it. The shipping for international, you know, they have to have an invoice saying, you know, what a product is. So we actually have to label sometimes the product being a piece of art instead of an actual dildo. Because again, we want to kind of keep that hidden. Like, like my whole entire job is trying to be anonymous for the most part. Oh, that's smart. I would not have even thought about that. I want to talk about your family and people who are close to you and if they know what it is you do for work or what their reactions are to it. Yes. Uh, since I came from a more conservative military background, my parents actually do not know. And, you know, that saddens me a little bit that I can't talk to them more about it because that's kind of always been a touchy subject in our family is, you know, sexuality and just sex in general. Like my parents' form of birth control is like, just don't do it. That's it. Just don't have premarital sex. Just don't do it. So to discuss something so scandalous like that, I feel like if I ever were to open up to my mom about it, I maybe necessarily wouldn't even try to explain the furry. I wouldn't even let her know that it was furry based just because that creates a whole new diverse can of worms. So like just like the dildos alone is edgy, but let's amplify it. <laughs> My brother and sister are the only family members that do know. Uh, we have a pretty close relationship and they have both been to the shop to see it. They don't live in town with me, but they've come to visit and you know can see. And of course their reactions, like we're, we're all related. So we're, we kind of respond the same way. You know, we're smart asses making comments about it or like, you know, you're not getting that thing near me or, uh, it's it's been great for them to know. Like I can talk to you know my sister about it pretty frequently. You know things come up like in the workplace, and I can talk about it to her, and she understands. But for my mom, it's like I work on a farm. Like I serve coffee, but like I also work on a farm. So I've kind of unfortunately kept up this lie and facade because I don't I like don't want to 
talk about it with her. You know, I don't want to make her uncomfortable. She would not be happy. She'd be like, that's a poisonous work environment. So I try to be don't ask, don't tell about it with my mom. So she is under the impression that you work on a farm. <laughs> yes, I work around <laughs> animals in some form, I guess. <laughs> It's not a full lie. It's a half lie. It's a half yeah. truth. <laughs> it's the half-truth. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I hate that I do lie to her about it, but I don't really know how to uh, approach the topic because of her views on a lot of things. I know that she would find it to be toxic or just inappropriate or like you could be spending so much better time, but it's hard because I want to also explain to her like all the positive that kind of does come with this job. Like I have like learned so much. I've gotten to travel for this. Like, you know, I've gotten to like talk to people about their secrets in a way like people confide in us. Like when we are at some of the conventions, like, you know, there have been people who have like been in wheelchairs and they don't have a partner and they're like, you know, I don't feel comfortable going to like a normal store or, you know, there's like the, you know, freshly new, I've like, I don't want to get scandalous. Like I'm talking to you, a human, and I know where like my safe product is coming from. And so like, there's a lot of like positive sides to it. And it makes, it makes me sad that I can't explain that to my mom. It's crazy because all anybody wants, I think, in the world is to be understood, to be heard and to be seen and we don't want to be judged. And I'm not going to fucking lie. Anytime that I have heard about furries, I just laugh because I think that it's funny and I think that it's so fucking weird because I can't <laughs> comprehend it. But yes. I think that hearing you talk about it and realizing that like for some people this is and, – and again, they're not harming me. If people want to throw on furry suits yeah. and fuck each other or fuck themselves or whatever, it doesn't harm me. And – they are not doing anything to change my life. And so if it's what makes them happy, then like, just go for it. I think the whole world would be a lot better if everyone could just be happy. And so. And that's what I learned from, I went into this at first, like, what am I going to expect from people of this community? But there is the whole super welcome anybody can be a part of it you don't even like have to I, like I said identify as furry they're just like come chill come party with us you know come get creative there's a whole lot of love again I'm on the more dark side of the furry world but I will be a furry ally absolutely are any of the people that you work with furries yes do they ever talk about it they do. Yes. Um, one of my one of my coworkers is a, a great, amazing artist. And I'm not going to lie. She likes to take more known characters, maybe of like, you know, Star Wars or Star Trek. And she likes to kind of turn them into animal like versions of those characters. Uh, and she's talented, amazing at it. She's one of our artists that can like hand paint when we do some of these toys, like great, great talent. And yes. And she has her own, like, you know, persona. Have you ever watched furry porn? I have um, actually, I've been working this job for about three years now and it wasn't until like last month I decided to just type in our toys 
and YouTube it so I could see, you know, what people were like using our toys. And for the most part, I haven't really come across any like fursuit videos with our toys. But I have. I, I definitely have. Like for me, porn is like porn is like roulette. I'm like, what can I see? It's not even necessarily like I'm using this like to please myself. It's I want to know. Like I I'm very educated in a lot of all the different kinks out there, and I find joy in seeing what is out there. Not necessarily always for me. This is strange, like coming from like a lesbian, but like I like gay man porn, but like that has nothing to do with me. Like that, I'm not even like sexually drawn to that, but like I enjoy the aspect behind it. Like I enjoy watching that for myself because it's different. I mean, honestly, the reason that I asked the question was because I wanted to know, like, how awesome would it be to be like, you made this one of a kind dildo and then you hop onto Pornhub and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit my rhinoceros dildo I made like that's the one I did and like you get to see it live in action like it's like your child up on stage (laughs) (laughs) no it's true I have come across people that I know that I have met and they've put these videos out there and people will do like reviews for us too like that's the great thing about social media is there's so many platforms for people to be like you know like tumblr was really big for us and you know twitter like these are platforms that they can share their adult videos and like they'll send the company the video sometimes like, well, I'll be at work and be like, oh, look, somebody's using this reptilian on them. Like we can see they're giving like a high praise of it. And you're like, oh, look at that beautiful, you know, sunflower that was drawn on this dildo. Like, isn't it beautiful? Like a lot of times people will call our toys beautiful, which is really odd to hear coming from a dildo because you think dildo penis instantly. But there's, there's some work of art out there. Oh, my God. It's been great so far. Like I said, it's moments where it can be stressful because, you know, people can sometimes get particular about what they want or they're not satisfied or they open something. <laughs> you're going to love this, but sometimes people will order a toy and then say, like, we, our return policy is, you know, don't open it up. Don't open up the package. If it is fully enclosed, you can send it back. So sometimes people will get their big penis and say, my eyes deceived me. Can, no, I cannot use this. Can I please get like a smaller version of this? Like the firmness is great, but I can't take this big toy. And we, we say, okay, you know, like, it's all right. Like we'll make you another one, send it back to us and we'll get you your other one made for you. I could not imagine being a Karen of dildos. Like just, uh, <laughs> Oh, God. Could you imagine your mom and dad taking you to a furry convention? (laughs) Like, you're in third grade doing a show-and-tell of all the things you did over summer break and on your poster there is a picture of you with a bunch of furries and mom and dad are dressed up as well. (laughs) Oh, I feel like that was the biggest part I couldn't get past in this whole interview. What a wild time those conventions must be. Oh, man. 
Anyways, if you're interested in hearing more about all of the different dildos, uh, I go through some of their products with her on Patreon. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have asked her for a coupon code for you guys. I know some of you are kind of freaky. Ah, dang it. Missed opportunity. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I will see all of you next week. Everybody has a secret.